0: Ethan Kilbreath.
1: This might, this might be the latest we've done a podcast, 10, 10.50 at night. We
0: are coming to you live
1: from an hour that most of you are not awake at.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, I know I got some some Madden to play after this, so we better make it a quick one oh, as
0: Madden. I was about to say the same thing, so I'm done. So, uh, first time of conversation today, what are, what are we talking about today? What, what have our millions of listeners been clamoring for up to hear from us about?
1: Well, look, after review, after uh, looking through all the reviews and comments, uh, NBA is a pretty big thing right now. And, uh, you know, I love to start off with a little clip. So, uh, I, I know you're going to tell me that this doesn't matter and the Lakers are up 3-1 and yada, yada, yada. But this this clip was one of the best moments of the playoffs, hands down. So, let's just take a listen. Um, and, and it's because the Lakers can't have that much space. So you know what? They don't
0: have many three-point shooters. <laughs> like that! Like that! Damian Lillard!
1: So that was Damian Lillard in game one to put the Trailblazers up three with three minutes left um, from the logo. It's kind of gone downhill from there for the Trailblazers, but.
0: Yeah, you know, I was nervous. Um, when was that? A week ago? A week and a day ago? A week and two days ago?
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, August, I think. I, I didn't, uh, I, w- I was, I mean, I was never nervous we are going to lose a series. After we lost the first game, I was I was anxious that this was going to go seven, and then it was going to be a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just completely derailed. I mean, it, the Lakers started doubling Lillard off the, off the screens, off the switch to the top, and they made other people beat them. And McCollum's had a, had a good series not a great series. You know, um, Nurkic has really disappeared after the first game. And, and Carmelo played great the first game and had, was atrocious for games two and three and picked up in game four, but we blew him out. So it didn't really matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean at first, you know, I think I think with the lack of sports, everyone's getting excited. Well, not like the fans, but they're like, oh, can the Trailblazers beat them? They, they just they, they don't have anyone to guard AD, and it showed ever since the first game. Kish can't handle AD, and uh, LeBron, you know, was hearing all the hate and all the people saying, you know, you know, his reputation can be tarnished if he lost in the first round, which it would have been but uh, that does not like really, it's about to happen, especially since Damian Lillard just left the bubble. Um, I got to say, the, the playoffs have been excellent so far. I mean, the West is really tightening up. Like, you know, the, the Houston went up 2-0, and now it's tied, the series. The Thunder came back, and and uh, it, it's going to be a really exciting series and, and going to be exciting to uh, see him get back on the court tomorrow. Well,
1: you mentioned the sports hiatus. You know, we, we're dangerously close to – I texted you yesterday, dangerously close to having another one. Um, if you had told me that the season was going to get uh, in threat of being canceled for COVID, I would have believed you. If you would have told me it would play out, I would have believed you in spite of COVID. But I never really considered that it was potentially going to get canceled for something other than the virus. And that's what we almost saw with the boycotts.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, very, very, you know, uh, you know, obviously the horrific shooting of Jacob Blake and, and you know, I, I thought it was very important that they, they boycotted the game. Um, I heard a thing about the, uh, LeBron and Chris Paul were talking to a President Obama and he was saying, uh, former President Obama, um, and was saying how like President Obama was saying how like you know they can affect a lot of change, obviously, with um continuing play. So, you know, uh, uh I'm, I'm excited to see him get back to playing tomorrow, and I, I think it's been. Uh, the NBA has been really good, Uh, not only for social change, but uh, for entertainment. You know, tough times like these where people are, you know, still mostly at home and, you know, they can't go do a ton of things. So so it, it's been really nice entertainment. And we have the NFL coming up in a few weeks, which is yeah. exhilarating.
1: Yeah, we had some fantasy football drafts earlier. We're getting back into the swing of that. Um, September 10th, the start of the NFL season, I believe. So looking forward to that for sure.
0: Yeah, my Chiefs whooped the Texans' ass again. They're playing the Texans week one, right? Did you just say that? Yeah, they're open up. They thought it was going to be, I mean, maybe it's still going to be a good game, but, you know, it was exciting because it would be the rematch. But then uh, Bill O'Brien decided to throw away DeAndre Hopkins, so.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, hey, it's going to be, I, I really think it's going to be a good season because, I, you know, I know that there's teams like the Chiefs and Ravens, but I think, especially with the um, lockouts that we had or, you know, the COVID shutdown that we had, I think there's going to be a fair amount of parity in the NFL season this season. And I think people are looking forward to that. Yeah. It's
0: it's funny. You know, obviously I, I think, uh, I know I would, and, and I'm sure you would as well. Preseason games are always fun to watch. It's kind of getting back into football and stuff. But, you know, the one thing I got to say is, there haven't really been too many big injuries so far. Um, there's not really been any huge names that, you know, and usually every training camp there's one or two names that goes down. I don't want to jinx it, but, um, you know, hopefully hopefully, every roster, you know, we're going to get to see everyone at full Right. Stage.
1: Well, I mean, I have to hope, um, you know, obviously there won't be any injuries this year in training camp and no opportunities in preseason games for them to get injured. But I do have to hope that – um we don't start seeing a higher rate of injuries during these first few weeks because they're maybe a bit rustier from in-game contact. Uh, I mean, in the MLB, we've seen the rate of arm injuries in pitch about three times higher than it was at this amount of games last season. So I hope that the same sort of effect doesn't have in football where these guys are a bit more susceptible to injury.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I'm hoping that, you know, training camp there, They're, I mean, you know, they started padded practice, most teams uh, this week, last week. So, yeah, hopefully. But that's going to be an interesting storyline to watch is, you know, what happens when, you know, uh, hopefully that's not the case. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll see, obviously, here in two weeks.
1: So, we'll get, uh, you know, we can can get to the NFL later. But uh, just tomorrow we have a couple NBA games, a couple closeout games. Give me some predictions for who you think is going to, you know, close out these first-round series. Okay, so well, I I think the uh the
0: the the Bucks will, will win tomorrow. Um, the Magic, you know, that was a really great first game they had, but you know, ever since they the the Bucks have took over, um, so that one I think will be a uh I think they you know they'll make it somewhat close. Cause it's the final game, but they're gonna win tomorrow. Uh, my Lakers are gonna win tomorrow, especially with uh, Lillard leaving the bubble. Um, you know, I mean that's just if th- they had any shot after going down three one, they just lost it. Um with Damian Miller going out the bubble so Lakers close out tomorrow night. I uh I believe uh uh the other game Who's the other game was tomorrow night?
1: Was it Thunder and Rockets? Did, is it did you touch on Clippers Mavericks? Oh, are they playing tomorrow or Sunday? I didn't uh, well re- regardless, what are you? Th- yeah,
0: regardless. Uh I I I was bummed when I saw that Porzingis is out. Um, you know, Luca's gotta be like, I mean, come on, can I get some damn help? But I do think the Mavs are going to win game six. I think they're going to push us to game seven. It's going to be excellent. Um, I got it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you here just to play this beautiful clip from Mavericks Clippers. I, I promised last clip for now, but I just, I have to. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Vinny Smith the inbounds. Back to Dodge. Doncic pulls up three-pointer.
1: Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! I, I, re- I mean, I, I don't have a dog in the fight. I didn't care who wins, Clippers, Mavericks. But when that went in, I jumped up, and I mean, that was just insane. Luka Doncic really is a future star in this game. Um, I even it, during that overtime period, I went to my sister and said, "Come up here and watch this. I feel like something amazing is going to happen." And she doesn't, she doesn't care about any of this. But I could have sworn hmm. when that buzzer beater went, and I saw a little. Hint of a smile on her face because that's just how awesome that shot was.
0: Yeah, that was, that was just an incredible shot. And, you know, to, to, to that game, to be down, what, 21 or something that and have Porzingis go out or, or not not play, um, you know, I mean, and to come back and hit that shot was amazing. You know, it's a real bummer that Porzingis is dealing with injuries because, you know, you could argue that that game won. They should have, I mean, they were winning, and Porzingis got the, that kind of bullshit technical two Um and they came back and won, and, you know, it, so I, it's kind of sucks that he's not healthy for the series, but what, what do you think? Do you think they'll push it to a Game 7, or you think the Clips well, it it,
1: I really think it's largely con- contingent on what we see from Paul George. I mean, one minute, he's, he's shooting 5 of 20, right, and scoring 8, 12 points. Well, I guess if you're 5 of 20, you can't score 8 points, but... You get what I'm saying, and then in his most recent game, he's scoring what thirty eight points or something like that. So, I mean, I really think it's contingent on playoff p, pandemic p, whatever you want to call it. But, on I mean, with the way that uh, PG was playing last game, that makes me optimistic that the Clippers will win it in six.
0: Who do you think? Who do you think has looked? What team do you think has looked the best in the bubble so far? Ooh, just the bubble, yeah. not take out before.
1: Well, Phoenix Suns, <laughs> but yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: well, th- geez, I tell you, this is a tough one because there have been some some holes at one point out of pretty much every team we've seen. Um, but th- this is probably the answer you want. I really don't want to have to say this, but I think if I were to say right now, I would say the Lakers look the most put together. I mean, it's not a surprise to anybody. Um, but after that game one, they've really just been another level of dominant. I mean, the whole thing with game one was oh, you know, LeBron doesn't have any help. Yeah, he missed the he missed two huge free throws at the end and had a layup blocked, but it was but it was KCP's fault, you know? And then
0: uh,
1: yeah. which cause the role player shot horrible that game and then the next game Even um, LeBron had, like, 10 points, and the Lakers still won by, what, 15, 20 points in Game 2? Something like that? Yeah. So, and Mm -hmm. really, they haven't, quite frankly, the Blazers haven't been close since that Game 1. Lillard is injured, but I think that the Lakers, even when LeBron is somewhat off, they're still getting these wins, or even when AD is off, they're still close, and they're still getting these wins. So I do think that when they're playing to their full potential, guys like Danny Green and KCP are hitting shots, which granted is a big if sometimes, you know, Kuzma, but when that happens and when AD and LeBron are playing somewhat to their full capabilities, I, yes, I do think the Lakers have been the best team.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the last three games, the Lakers have been dominant, you know, in, in, the, in the, I didn't take too much into the account of the, the last couple, like, the eight games before the playoffs because you know the Lakers really didn't have that much on the line, especially after they beat the Clippers in the first game. Um Yeah, I mean the first game, I I still thought the Lakers would win the series. I, I wouldn't, I would lie be lying if I told you I was a little nervous, but like you said, the la- the the role player, like the first game was weird because even though AD had a good stat line, he wasn't dominant the role players, I mean, the three-point line was nowhere to be found, and and LeBron wasn't what I would call dominant in that game, even though he had a dominant stat line. Um, No one just looked to their full potential, but yet to to come out in game two and just whoop the Blazers so bad after that, you know, I, I heard a great thing. There's a difference between being the team that like the Blazers before, where they're the team that everyone's kind of like, they're the sexy pick, kind of underdog, until you win game one, and then people are picking you and you're the favorite, and the Lakers kind of become the underdog in a weird sense. There's a big difference between that and being the favorite, and you kind of see what happens. Um, a team that I, I've liked throughout the season, and then really, I've really liked in the bubble, or I think it gives the Bucks some problems, I really like the Heat. You know, that they, they to come out and sweep the Pacers, a team that had TJ Warren on a you know, absolute roll or depot. I mean, to come out and sweep them, like they are playing good basketball out of bio and butler and Harrow. I mean, Iggy looks great off the bench. I think they're a team that could be to be a tough out for anyone in the East and I wouldn't sleep on them coming out of the East.
1: Yeah. I mean that uh Heat Pacers series, I'll admit, kind of got overlooked. Um And I'll admit, I overlooked that series a little bit. You know, it was a sweep. It wasn't. But there were some close games that the Heat really grinded out to victories. And I think that with the way the NBA is today, where it's so focused on watching these stars like Harden and LeBron and Giannis and Kawhi, a team like the Heat that doesn't have like, you know, it doesn't have a superstar kind of gets overlooked. But you're right. The Heat have been playing really good basketball. And um, speaking about the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks when they're playing well, seem flawless. I mean, Giannis drives into the paint. He's basically unstoppable when Giannis is driving into the paint. And then the best part about the Bucs is that Giannis can kick it out, and almost every single person the Bucs will have on the court for assets to Giannis can knock down a three-pointer. I mean, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, Ursan Ilyasova, I mean, that's what makes the Bucks so great is that they have an assortment of three-point shooters. Not not to go off on a whole tangent about the Bucks when we were mentioning the Heat, but, you know, the Bucks play a really good brand of basketball. It's going to be really hard to beat, especially when you add on the fact that their defense is so dominant too. I mean, I think they have – this is more of a team metric, but I think they have, like, four players – in the top, uh, in the top ten for defensive rating or something ridiculous like that. So, the Bucks are certainly not to be overlooked. Yeah, I I completely
0: agree with you. I going back to the first for what like you said. I really compl- I, I I love what you said, but the Heat do tend to get a little overlooked because you know even Jimmy butler's a a bona fide star. He's not the, you know the superstar of a LeBron or a Giannis or a you know, Luca or um yeah, you know Curry any of those guys. Um. But, you know, they play really good basketball, and, like, when you just, like, you watch them play, like, they have a perfect balance of, like, they're young. They got guys like Harrow and um, uh, Richardson and, and guys like that, and then they have, you know, the experience out of uh, Bios Young, too. And then they have Butler and Iggy, you know, these defensive leaders, like, and people are like, oh, they don't have the second star, but people forget. I mean, Iggy's not... Like, in the playoffs, like, you know, Iggy's kind of the wild card. Because Iggy, Iggy, Iggy Iguodala could be, you know, a superstar in a game or take over a series. You saw what he did with oh, the Warriors. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean, if he's playing all out, you know, I just, I think they would have to be, I agree. The Bucks, like, the way they constructed the team is just perfect. They really did it around Giannis. And a, a couple, a couple of my buddies and I, we were debating the other day about whether you would start a team with Luca or would you start it with Giannis. And I kind of said Luca because like Luca can kind of play everywhere. And this is not a knock on Giannis, but like, you know, Giannis for Giannis to be great. Giannis needs to have like the team is needs to be built around him. Um, And I'd say that Luca can't do that, but like, like the Bucs front office done a tremendous job of getting Giannis everything he needs. Like Danny said, Brooke Lopez is their center. And he can hit the, hit the three, like, like, you know, wonderful. So, any, all the guys in the court can shoot, so Giannis gets to play iso ball, and then when it's not there, he just kicks, and all the guys can shoot. I mean, they constructed that roster perfectly, especially for their superstar Giannis. Right.
1: Um. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. We're at uh, 16 and a half minutes here, so we, we'll come back for one more segment just segment, just because it's late. We won't go too long. But, uh, you know, unless you have something to add on to the NBA right now, when we come back, we can maybe talk about the NFL. Cool. I, I lied when I said no more clips. If we're going to be talking about football, I got to play,
0: <laughs> play a clip. But,
1: but I, I think here's Damian Williams uh, icing the Super Bowl. Oh, I love this.
0: Oh, my God. It still gives me chills.
1: <laughs> uh, Didn't think today. That the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, but last football game that's ever that not that's ever been played, last football game that's been played to this date, boy, February seems like a long time ago.
0: I know, I know. I was thinking back to that, like I was watching some Super Bowl highlights and, um, and I was sitting here watching Sports Center, West in Peace, Chadwick Bozeman, like just thinking that the, the so much stuff that's like happened, you know, to go back six months ago. I mean, the Super Bowl, I'm mean, you know, obviously. Kobe died and it was horrible and just a horrible day, horrible week, and it still so hurts. Right. And I remember going on to the Super Bowl and, like, you know, just, you know, the Chiefs won. It was amazing. And to, to think that a month later would be the start of a worldwide pandemic. And, like, it just, it's so, so crazy to think that with, like, not to go off topic to of the pandemic, but, like, it just flipped so quick. Like, you know, like, literally two weeks before the pandemic, like, it, we, no one thought it was really, you know, like, we're like, oh, you know, it's not really going to affect us, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then it's like, oh, we're going to cancel school for two weeks. We'll be fine two weeks later. And then, you know, five months later, we're yeah. <laughs> still here. So yeah. it's kind of crazy to think that the Super Bowl was only
1: well, only six months yeah. ago. Yeah, we, we I tell you, we can blame our federal government all we want, but I don't think any of us saw the virus coming before it really hit us. So um, although they probably should have kept track on it more than uh, a senior in high school should have. <laughs> Yeah, it's their job. But uh regardless, um how about i know we've had some uh fantasy football drafts. I know you auto drafted in mine and that's that's okay. I mean there
0: And I wanted to talk to you about that. (laughs) The reason I did that was not to be an asshole, was because I forgot because you scheduled it right during the Laker game. The start of the game. And I forgot and then Nelson texted me and I was like, Oh, but actually, I gotta say I love my team. I got Clyde, Edward Tolaire. I got Miles Sanders, Matt Ryan, who was my, my a late round guy that I wanted. I gotta say I love my auto draft. All right, well I'm glad.
1: And if I if I'd known that you weren't available to draft, then uh, I would have moved it. I apologize for having it then. But how do you did uh did they auto draft Edward Tolaire for you in the first round?
0: Yeah, they took everyone. I I I didn't make a pick, but and then I and then I've made some roster moves. Like I I kind of. I I, got, I had too many receivers, so like I ended up getting the Chiefs' defense. i really excited about because I had the, I have the Broncos' defense, which I, you know is going to be good this year. But I didn't want to just have one defense, and um, but they didn't give me backup quarterback, so that that's kind of a problem. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I, I love the team. I got you know two running backs I you know love hilarious the Chiefs and Sanders. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, I got Kenny Galladay at receiver. Like, I love my draft. Who did you get? I didn't see your team.
1: Well, my first round pick, a lot of people were underwhelmed by this. And it, it does sound kind of underwhelming, but I had the 11th pick in the first round. And I took Austin Eckler, which doesn't sound sexy, but when you remove Christian, it's a PPR league, right? And if you look at last year's stats and you remove Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler was the second best receiving back in the NFL. Um. They love the dump-offs to Eckler. So in a PPR league, sometimes that's all you need. But I have Eckler. Also, my uh, kind of not sleeper pick that I'm proud of, or my pick that I'm proud of really from a later round, tell me how Jarvis Landry slips to the sixth round. I mean, mm-hmm. fantasy football consistency. He's had his last, I think every season actually in his career, he's been over eight catches. He over a 1,000 yards last year. In what was considered a down year, um, you know, he still ended up catching six touchdowns, even with Odell getting some more of the attention. He was over 100 catches <laughs> a few years ago. Um, hey, I'll take it. It felt like highway robbery for me to get Jarvis in the sixth round.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of have a love hate relationship with Jarvis because um, two years ago I had him and he just sucked and he was so bad. And I was so excited to get him because I totally thought I stole him. And then last year I was like, oh, I'm not touching him. And then you know, I mean, he kind of had a down year, but he still – he's like you say, still had a nice year, saw over a thousand yards, six touchdowns. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I like the league. Uh, the shit talking has already started, which is good. And uh, uh, yeah, I love. I was able I was able to I think I took my team real quick. I I was able to snag some receivers like low, oh I got I got Cortland Sutton, which I was ecstatic, ecstatic about. I think he's gonna have a huge year. Um, I was really happy that I got him in like a later round. In your Eckler pick, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, <laughs> I, 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 this pains me to say this because you know, Charger fans listen to this, and like my question to Eckler would be, he was like, I agree with you that he was great at the end of last year, and he was you know one of the like highest scoring backs in the stretch. The one thing I would say though is, is Gordon was taking away a lot of the attention, right? And we'll have to see what Eckler does being the lead back now with all the ten, you know, uh. The attention and and Charger fans not hating on Melvin Gordon. That was the best. Is, is they used to they used to love Melvin Gordon and then now they they hated him last year because he didn't want to sign a contract. But um oh yeah, yeah I I think I clear a big for
1: who's your quarterback uh Patrick Mahomes actually it's my quarterback Patty Mahomes yeah. okay then you might win the league <laughs> you know I like to take those quarterbacks pretty early um and I get roasted for it but it, honestly this guy's just far and away better than everybody else and he scores so many points that it's like every week i can almost guarantee if he's healthy he's going to score me 35 or 40 points in this week so yeah
0: exactly and the cheat, yeah i mean we just we throw so much that like it's it's yeah it's funny with 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 mahomes is kind of redefine you know cuz the fantasy like you know it's always been take a quarterback late that's kind of been the, the motto you know and then get early on running backs and receivers but now it's like you know guys some quarterbacks score so high that it's like I mean, do you really want to pass up having a great quarterback, like when you can have a great quarterback? You yeah. know, I think it's kind and, of changing the game yeah. a Yeah, and
1: in addition, there are times when someone will have a quarterback in, and it'll be like, I don't know, Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford or somebody, and when they're good, sure, they're putting up close to as many points as Mahomes, you know, they'll get two touchdowns, 300 yards, but they'll also have these games where they'll score like four points. They'll have like They'll get sacked plenty of times. They'll fumble. They'll throw pick. Yeah. Uh, And really what I'm looking for when I get the best of the best in quarterbacks is the consistency that I'm fairly certain I'm not going to get too many of those just bad games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, especially with a quarterback, you want, like, you want, you want the high ceiling, but like having a guy with a high floor, that's going to like, going to get you a solid number every week. Like, then it allows you to take like chances on maybe your running back or your receiver or something like that where it's like, okay, I'm gonna take a guy that could be more of a boomer bust. Um in in yeah, I mean yeah, Mahomes, Eckler, yeah, you're gonna
1: be just yeah, fine. And look, I, I'm gonna be honest, I, I like your team. Um, especially with the fact that it was auto drafted. I respect it. But I have to say, I, I am a little bit worried about Clyde Edwards, Halair for your sake. I mean, we all know the Chiefs are a pass first team. They have some other running backs that are definitely gonna be getting touches. Um, and this guy's never, never run the football in an NFL game before. He was at LSU, which was another pass first offense. So we'll see how it works out. But he's a bit of a wild card in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I mean he definitely is, you know, like right. He's probably the biggest in the first round, the biggest boomer bust guy because, you know, you're taking a guy right, he is a rookie. Um but, you know, when Damian Williams goes out, he's, you no know, not playing because his mom has cancer, so she's doing well. But, um, um, it, you know, it's, it's really him. And, you know, we have DeAndre Washington, but he's not a threat to get, you know, like, like – it's Clyde. Clyde's the guy. And the thing that, that makes me super – well, not only because of the talent of Clyde, but makes me go, okay, this guy's going to be a superstar, is when Andy Reid is comparing him to Brian Westbrook. And Brian Westbrook was the second-best fantasy running back in, during the early 2000s when he played. Um, I mean, I mean, he would just go off. And, and the way Reed's going to be able to use him out of the backfield, I'm just super excited. Like, his ability in the passing game as well, especially if you're taking a fantasy thing, I think he's going to rack up a ton of receiving yards as well as rushing yards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think – I mean, like I said, at Eckler, in a PPR league, it's just so big to get guys, uh, especially because we have a decent amount of bench slots it's important to get guys that can just straight up catch the ball i mean i got julian edelman in the 10th round i mean i understand brady's gone i understand edelman is not i mean i guess you could say not once he wants you to be but this guy still caught 96 passes last year he's the patriots primary receiver um so you fill it up with guys like Jalen samuels catches dump off, dump offs uh Tariq cohen actually, this is a bit unrelated to that, but I was more than happy to get Le'Veon Bell in the fourth round. I mean, yeah, him. I mean,
0: yeah. I was, I was looking at your team right now. I, I love the Le'Veon Bell pick. I think people are like really undervaluing him because of last year, and like, I mean, they didn't get Donald any help. We talked about this before on, at receiver, and they only upgraded the own line. So I think Le'Veon Bell is going to go off. He's at least going to get ten touches. And I gotta say, I love the CD Lamb pick. I mean. C.D. Lamb is the second receiver in a phenomenal offense. And, Amar, you know, we know how Amari can dis- disappear on the road um. sometimes. So, I mean, he's going to draw the double coverage. And, you know, C.D. is going to be, you know, Dak's in a contract year. I mean, he has been the last two years. But D- Dak, you know, this is the year that you know, he needs to play well to get his money. And I really think C.D. Lamb's going to go off for you.
1: Yeah, well, it's my thought process. But uh, looking at team winner, if you will, which you've been pretty consistent keeping that as your team name. I respect it. Uh, I actually, what what I like about your team is uh, not to, don't worry, the, the trash talking will pick up in a bit once this season but, <laughs> uh, but what I do like about your team right now is that I'm looking at it. You have DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor on your bench. I, yeah. These are guys that there's a very good chance they're going to become RB1s at some point in this season, um, these are high draft picks in the real NFL draft. Guys that were incredible in college, and they're both sitting on your bench. So I think you're going to have something to look out for. I love
0: camp makers, and I got DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson. So I'm have the ability to to you know w- the Lions' backfield. I hold whoever comes out as the number one back there is going to be. But right. we won't talk about Max's uh, name in the fantasy league. Gosh, No, we won't. Um, we won't mention that to our listeners. Because that that's a little TV mature. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that's a line I'm not willing to cross, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a, uh, that was a, t- we'll just give you a hint. That was a time, there was a time a couple months ago that Ethan and I happened to look up his name title and I couldn't get out of my head for two days.
1: It, it will, it will make you barf. I'll say that. That's the last thing. I mean,
0: the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: It's triggering my gag reflex even thinking about it. So, but uh, <laughs> changing the topic as quickly as I possibly can. I'm curious from you right now, looking at your team, who who are you thinking about starting week 1 the Broncos defense against the Titans or the Chiefs defense against the Texans what are we thinking
0: Yeah I just I, you know I I it had the Broncos as a starter cuz I um you know they they took them first um I was I I was genuinely not just cuz I'm a Chiefs fan I was genuinely surprised the Chiefs were there on the waiver wire uh considering how the defense played down the stretch and they're ranked number 7 in Sports Trade Fantasy Magazine and a lot of other ones they're they're in the top 10 in all of them I was kind of surprised seeing their I'm probably gonna go with the Chiefs, honestly. Um it's you know, with D not there, if D was there, I might go, you know, they kinda got embarrassed last year, so it's gonna be high spot affair. With DeHop not there and you know, the lack of training camp and David Johnson means guys, their offense is so new. I think I might have to go with the Chiefs because even though the Broncos got a good defense and they're gonna you know like Tennessee still does have Derrick Henry and first game of the year he's gonna be fresh. I mean, they're you know, tackling may not be on point. I mean, who knows? But Um, you know, I think they're going to pound that down their throats. So, so I think I'm gonna go with the chiefs. Yeah. Thank you for helping me with my matchup. Um,
1: well, I mean, we're all excited to see how the season goes. I'm, I'm glad I have to say, I'm glad that we decided to play for money, even though it's not, you know, obviously a ton of money. It it incentivizes people post week four to keep setting their lineup, especially with people in college now. And, um, you know, the season feeling a little bit weird this year. I think it's good to kind of, Incentivize that, but you know, before completely agree. But uh, before we, and I appreciate you sending ten dollars instead of the required eight. But
0: uh, <laughs> I'm here for the people, and uh, my commissioner right here is a champion. He sent me two dollars back because we're doing it Real quick though, what what idiot
1: thought we could do eight who, dollars? Who who was that? It, it was, I, I don't, I don't remember in the, in the chat, I said $10 because to me, it seems more logical to, yeah, you're a normal human being, but you know, we ended up with eight. So. <laughs> uh, we're excited to see how the season goes, but uh, before we, before we depart here, because I do want to hop on Madden 21 pretty quickly here. um But before we depart, you know, with other sports, even baseball and basketball and especially college football, um which that we'll be seeing that ACC actually starts like 2 weeks from now. People forget about it for college football. It kind of feels like that whole season just got canceled, but there is ACC yeah. a couple weeks from now. But I mean, you and you and me our favorite teams got canceled, so it kind of feels like that. But uh, yeah, but we hear about this with other sports. To me with the NFL quickly approaching, it doesn't really feel like we're hearing about uh, the coronavirus sort of as a threat to like you know, cancel things, or we're not really hearing. It. This could just be me, but it feels like we're not really hearing about the, uh, testing statistics and how. We're mm-hmm. testing. Yeah, I I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
0: I I I I think it's in my two senses is that it's you know it's been positive so far. I mean, guys have been you know they've been allowed to. You know, they're at home, like like they're not in a bubble, and the tests have been almost perfect. You know, like like there really haven't been there haven't been any breakouts, and the only guys that have gotten COVID have uh, you know been sequestered, quarantined, and they've been um done well. So you know, the NFL is just a different beast. Like they they have you know the NFL is going to happen because they're going to will the NFL to happen. You know. You know, anything can happen. Obviously, there could be a, you know a breakout or a team could you know get infected, and that that would that would be be terrible. Um, but you know they've done a really good job. The NFL has had the time. You know, baseball and hockey and, and the NBA, they were kind of kind of the test dummies a little bit. You know, like like hey, we're we're trying it out. You know, baseball didn't go with the bubble, the NBA did. Uh, NHL did as well, so you know you're kind of seeing like you know baseball has been really the only one that had problems for a minute there, and it looked like the season was going to get canceled. But now it's you know going going fine. People have learned their lesson. Like after the Marlins thing, I think people realize like you know, right. it, it, you're it's not it's one thing when it's you're living by yourself and you want to take a risk. That's one thing. When you're in a locker room with, uh, fit, you know, 60, 53 other guys in a training camp, even more coaching staff. Training staff, the cafeteria, all of their families like it doesn't just affect you, and I think it's going to take a lot of discipline for people to, to to get that and and you know keep the season going.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, there could be a bunch of COVID breakouts, but it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of of mitigating it. When someone does get it, I mean, it's not like it's gonna. It's not like 55 players on a football team are going to test all positive for it. Um, you would think, but so you know, there there may be there could always be an outbreak. There could always be I mean we we could have the black plague hit America and a big outbreak for all we know. Um, but until someone says otherwise, we're proceeding with the season. We're excited to play fantasy football and I'm excited to earn $64. <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, I'm going to go play some Madden. You're going to go play some Madden, and uh, we'll catch you all next week.